Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. Uh, he is an author of a new book called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. He's a lawyer, attorney, entrepreneur with degrees in economics, international real estate, and law. And welcome to the Money Answer Show, John. Thank you very much, sir. It's an honor to be here. So let's just start with a little bit of your background uh, and how you got to where you are today. Well, I have an eclectic background. Um, undergrad, I went to university in Nevada, Las Vegas, where I met a gentleman named Murray Rothbard. Murray Rothbard was the foremost proponent of a school of economics called Austrian economics. Um, quite by happenstance, I got into that world of, of uh, free market economics as it is not taught anywhere else. And then that formed my thinking, graduated with an undergraduate degree in economics, also spent six years in the military, traveled overseas, uh, wound up going to Northwestern University School of Law in Chicago when I was 37 years old, already had much life experience, graduated, still maintain my law license in Illinois, although I am now in Florida and do not practice law. Also have a master's degree from Florida International University um, and uh, international business, uh, excuse me, international real estate. And I sit on the um, real estate council of that school uh, at FIU. So, um, and currently my, I've been a real estate broker uh, in the real estate business investor for 33 years, I think, and uh, currently have a property management business that I am winding down and uh, plan on being out of that business this year. And I'll concentrate on taking it easy. I just turned 60 doing some continuing and investing and doing a little bit of speaking and talking and podcasts, things like this. Very good. Let's kind of start with a broad view of where you, you see things in the world economy today. We've had the Fed Reserve raising interest rates all year. It's made for a rocky uh, stock market. Uh, bonds have been down, stocks have been down, <laughs> a lot of things have been down. Uh, you talk about diversification, passive income. How do you kind of look at the, the outlook for the economy where we are today? Well, let, let's take an example of, of how I'm trying to position myself at the moment. Um, I just received a distribution from a, as a limited partnership in a fund that I was invested in Friday. I called them, said, okay, it's time for me to cash out of this deal. They were investing in um, land development. So they'd go to the proverbial farmer, we want to buy your X number of acres, and then they'd buy it, and then they'd get it platted, and then they'd sell it off to KB Homes or some big developer. Um, if you're watching the news, you see that big time home builders are cutting back on their land purchases. You'll see that their uh, sales are slowing. You'll see that their visits are slowing. You'll see that the prices are dropping. So I thought it would be an opportune time, even though it was a solid 20% return investment. My thought is, a, and by the way, these markets tend to lag a year. So when we started these rate increases, next fall is when we'll really see the 
the effects of what's going on today with the Federal Reserve and the financial markets and such. So I'm positioning myself to have dry powder at this time because I believe, and it's it's a possibility, right? Who knows if it will come to to fruition or not, but I believe that a year from now, next fall, next winter, at least in the real estate space where I concentrate my focus, but not exclusively, I think there'll be opportunities for folks with dry powder. It, here's my thought on, on that. I just read last week, Wall Street Journal article, uh, a panel of top economists came out and said that they believe um, within a year, housing prices will be down and they predict between 15 and 20%. Now, with my mindset, if they are advocating or promoting or planting the seed in the mind of the public to prepare for a housing drop of 15 to 20%, my mind automatically goes to the rosiest scenario is always the one projected to the public. So I'm thinking there's a quite a possibility of 20 to 40% drops in the real estate market. So if that were to come about, which I'm not hoping, those of us who are seeing the writing on the wall, those of us who are in a uh, cash rich position will be able to help those people that made poor decisions to divest of their poor decisions. So you would buy, because uh, you talk in your book a lot about passive income strategies, mm -hmm. you would buy single family homes or apartment buildings or commercial, what kind of real estate do you think would be positioned to do well when it drops in a year or so? Well, I think that the most insulated sector would probably be multifamily class B, class C apartments. So bread and butter working man apartments are always going to be in demand. Class A might suffer, uh, but your C's and your B's are always going to be in strong demand. Again, this isn't a um, prediction and I'm certainly not giving advice, but the way I see it, you know, if the economy crashes, and I'm not saying it's going to, but if it were to, always prepare, prepare for the worst case scenario. And then if it does not come about, you're still a winner. So if the economy crashes, retail is probably going to be hurt. Um, Industrial is probably going to be hurt. Higher end homes are pri uh, probably going to be hurt. If you are... Uh, talking about an economic crash, you're obviously talking about um, an um, unemployment increase. So people will have problems with their uh, keeping their homes up. Luckily, interest rates have been so low over the past few years that I think we're in a completely different environment than the 208 crash, which I went through. So while housing will be affected, I'm talking single family housing, um, I don't know that it will be affected necessarily in the same ways that it was back in um, 08, 09, 2010. So I just, you know, one man's opinion. 
how would you recommend if you think multifamily B-class properties is the way to go, uh, would you do that through a real estate investment trust or syndication? A lot of people can't afford to buy an entire apartment building. What would be the way to participate in that? Well, here you go. Syndications, and I don't know your audience, right? So a little background. Syndication just means a pool. It means we want to buy something that's more in cost than any individual is going to be able to do, more than likely. So we're going to have an operator, a general partner, who goes out and finds the property, does the vetting, and is going to operate that. We're talking about an apartment complex now, let's say. And where do they raise the capital? They raise a certain amount of equity capital from limited partners, and there's maybe debt financing and such. Also, you can get into such um deals and it depends on the individual syndicators right but you can find things in the fifty thousand dollar buy-in range which is rare hundred thousand is typical and some you know much higher buy-ins but the point is there are ways to buy into a 250 unit apartment complex for example that you don't need to have the funds and the wherewithal to um, purchase and then operate. You you simply put in put your money in as a limited partner to the general partners who ostensibly have experience and know-how, and, and that's how you participate in something like that. So really it becomes a vetting process. Once someone, let me reflect on the book, Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. Why was it written? And I'll, and I'll circle back to that question. I realize that there's a lot of people that even high income earners, my, my wife is in the medical field and there's a lot of people making very good money, but they think investing means putting your money where the HR lady says I should put it through the company 401k plan. That is not investing. There's a universe of investing out there that many people are not aware of. So the purpose of the book wasn't to uh, be an encyclopedic overview of every possible uh, way to plan and invest, but just a menu, a taste of, of the various areas that one needs to be aware of. And then I give a, a bibliography with, with many, many books if people want a deep dive. So you need to build relationships with people that are in the field that you want to participate in. So if you think you might be interested in investing in multifamily, there are hundreds and hundreds of multifamily syndicators out there. So now it's each individual's responsibility to um, get to know them, um, vet them, review their history. It's like anything else. There's good, there's bad, there's ugly. So once you find some trustworthy, ethical, experienced um, operators, you may decide to uh, invest your money with them. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. His book is called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals, Asset Protection, Diversification, and passive investing for cash flow and lifestyle liberation. His website is wealthloop.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's gonna be huge. 
Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. Uh, His book is called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals, Asset Protection, Diversification, and Passive Investing for Cash Flow and Lifestyle Liberation. His website is wealthloop.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, sir. Just tell people briefly what they can see at wealthloop.com, and I think you have a special offer for people there as well. Tell them about that. Well, there's a few special offers. So you can take a strategic planning and investing quiz. There's eight questions that you will rank one to five. And based on your answers, we will uh, send you back some personalized feedback as to where you stand with respect to the concepts talked about in the book. There are also uh, five uh, reports related to information in the book that you can choose to download one or two or all. And then also you can purchase the book itself. Now you can get that at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or anywhere else. But if you choose to do it through the website, you'll get 10% off of the cover price. You will also get free shipping, of course. And I'll personalize the book. I'll sign it for you. Very good. Again, that's wealthloop.com. So in the book, you talk about different investment vehicles. Let's just briefly go through the pros and cons of these things, not only in general, but in the specific economic environment we're in right now. One of them is commodities. So in general, commodity prices have been falling lately as the feel is the economy is going to be uh, you know, going to recession or at least slowing down. What are the pros and cons of commodities in today's environment? Well, let's talk about what a commodity is. A commodity is something you can hold in your hand. It's a hard asset, so to speak. So you can buy a futures contract for corn 
and now you have a piece of paper that's betting on the price of corn. You don't own any corn at all. Or you could actually own a bushel of corn that you can eat, you could sell, you can plant. So when we're talking about commodities, we're talking about real things that have uh, uses. And while uh, certain commodities are, are dropping, oil is a commodity and the price of oil is, is rising. Now, all of these things fluctuate, but in a time of general price depreciation in commodities, what you want to be are in those commodities that are essential. So you're probably want to be in agriculture. People are going to continue to eat. You're probably going to want to look at the energy sector. People are still going to, the world itself still needs to be fueled. Everything, everything is based off of fuel, right? So you want to look at those commodities that are staples and essential um, as opposed to those that are considered a, a discretionary slash luxury goods. And the best way to play them, I mean, most people don't want to do futures. Are there stocks or ETFs? What is the best way to well, play? Well, there, there, there are ETFs, uh, energy ETFs, for example. There are uh, gold and silver. So you can have that uh, physically in your possession, which I re recommend, by the way, that everyone has a portion of their portfolio in gold and silver, not all of it. And by the way, Gold and silver is not an investment, so don't think of it as an investment. Uh, gold and silver is a hedge against calamity. It's something that has been used for thousands and thousands of years as a store of value. The U.S. dollar, as, as much as we like to have as many of them as we can, has not been around for thousands and thousands of years. Um, um, currencies come and go. But gold and silver, there's a stability there, that, that, which does not mean that the value of your gold and silver holdings may not, in fact, go down. But the point is, there could possibly be a day, I'm not predicting it, when you hand someone a dollar bill and they say, I don't want that. Yeah. I, I seriously doubt there will ever be a day that you hand someone a gold bar and they say no we're not taking those yeah. so so there's a commodity lately you say the central banks have been buying a lot of gold many many tons of gold what, what do you think is behind that well isn't that an interesting question isn't that something we all wish we knew but uh, but these things are tracked and i just saw it was from the economist um i just saw a graphic and they, the gold reserve purchases by global central banks is tracked on a quarterly basis. And the last quarter purchases of central banks of gold bullions skyrocketed, skyrocketed, nearly doubled 400 tons of gold was purchased in the last quarter by global central banks. We mean the Federal Reserve, we mean the Bank of England, that's what we mean by- What's behind that? that? Why do you think they're buying so much gold? Well, I don't know why, and, and no one does, unless you're an insider, but 
Why does one, anyone, central bank, individual, why does one want gold? What is gold? It's a hedge against calamity. It's a it's a play, if you will, that something is going to happen that is going to decrease the value of fiat currencies, paper currencies. So we want to have something solid and real, an asset, a commodity to back up our, and we're talking central banks, our, our government finances and such. So all I can say is, that the fact that 400 tons, so 400 times 200 pounds, uh, 2,000 pounds of gold were purchased in the last quarter means the central banks think something negative is going to happen, that there is going to be some kind of devaluation in the value, well, devaluation in the value, that's redundant. Um, devaluation of fiat currencies. So we want to hedge against that risk with something solid, something real. So we're going to increase our gold reserves. Yeah. I don't know what that thing is, but that's why someone decides to uh, stockpile gold. Speaking of currencies, what is your view of cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and so on, and their role in the portfolio in light of what's happened lately? Uh, this is going to anger many. Uh, it's not an investment. It's a speculation. Now, if you're a speculator, fine. I'm not. So I have nothing to do with, with cryptos. Now, this is separate from blockchain. Very interesting. Very, um, I, I'm at a loss for a word, but the concept of blockchain, the, the, the uh, distributed ledger, this is a valuable thing that will find uses and it will become ubiquitous. But we're talking about now the, the cryptocurrencies. If we're honest, it's air. There is not gold. Well, someone could say, what's gold? It's a rock. Yeah, but it's a rock that people have been um, trading and saving and even worshiping for thousands and thousands of years. Crypto are digits, it's ephemeral. It may go up in value, you may become a billionaire holding it, that's fine, just understand what you are doing there is you are speculating, you are not investing. So if you wanna allocate a portion of your portfolio to speculation, go for it. Who's to tell you you shouldn't? Everyone has a right to invest and speculate in anything they want to. And I'm not a guy to say, don't do this or do that. But what does kind of irritate me, I don't know if that's the road, the word, or actually saddens me, is that there are many, many, many people who think they are investing and they're not. Yeah. Their portfolio is entirely made up of speculations and they think they're an investor. Okay, another topic you talk about in your book is intellectual property as an asset class. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that and how do you invest in intellectual property? 
Well, one way you can invest in it is to create it, right? This book uh, that I've created is, is a piece of intellectual property. I own the copyright uh, to this book. Um, assuming someone wants to buy the book, there's value in owning that copyright. There's various, it, let's take it off of my little book and put it onto a, a um, uh, commodity called the Star Wars franchise. That's intellectual property. Would you like to own the intellectual property to the Star Wars franchise? Would you like to own the income stream on the film rights? Would you like to own the income stream on all the figurines and the posters and all the other licensing agreements with, with respect to uh, the Star Wars franchise? What about the Marriott Hotel or the Hilton Hotel? What is that, that M logo? What is that H logo? That's intellectual property. There's value there. People may choose to stay at that hotel over Joe's hotel and inn because they the, their mind associates a certain level of quality and expertise with the Marriott brand and the Hilton brand. So intellectual property can be books, can be well, can be copyrights, uh, can be patents. So uh, service marks, trademarks, intellectual property. Obviously, if you have a movie that no one wants to see or a book that no one wants to read, there's little value there. But uh, copyrights, trademarks that are associated with known and respected brands are valuable. I'll give you an example. There's, uh, I, I happen to know that the rights to a particular portion of the income stream from the Listerine mouthwash product, over a hundred year product, Listerine sales aren't going to drop off anytime soon, we don't think. They were sold, a small portion of the total revenues, were sold for $1.7 million about a year ago. Someone invested in the rights to the income stream to Listerine. They have the royalty rights. And they make, if I recall, 11, 12% return on that. There are Actually, and in the appendix of my book, I mentioned two websites. One is SongVest, and another is Royalty Exchange. So SongVest.com and RoyaltyExchange.com. These are actually online marketplaces where one can investigate uh, royalties for sale and you may pick up uh, the rights to a Rihanna song. You may pick, so anyway, you get you get the idea of what it right. is. Yes, very good. All right, we're gonna take another break. We've got a lot of interesting things to discuss as well. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. Uh, he is the author of a new book called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals, Asset Protection, Diversification, and Passive Investing for Cash Flow and Lifestyle Liberation. Its website is wealthloop.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll free 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network. 
or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. He is the author of a new book called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. You can find about more of what we're talking about at his website, wealthloop.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, sir. It's my pleasure. So there were two uh, economic events you wanted to point out recently. One of them is Federal Express parking planes and a global freight shipper Maersk uh, doing a slowdown in shipping. That's one. And the other one is in the technology area. There were some big layoffs at uh, Facebook, Meta, and Amazon. What, what do you think is that's telling you that? FedEx and Maersk and Facebook are cutting back so much. Well, it tells me that they believe that the economy will slow dramatically in the near term. Why else would one cut their labor force dramatically? We're not talking about a few jobs. We're talking about hundred. I forget which is which, Meta or or Amazon, but one of them did one hundred twelve thousand. That's a lot of jobs, you know, tens of thousands for the other. That's a lot of jobs. And think about the types of jobs those are, Jordan. They tend to be very good jobs. So what happens when the very good jobs get cut? Um, Those people are no longer employed, obviously. But think about all the support staff that goes away, Uh, not support staff of the companies themselves, but I'm talking about the bartenders and the cocktail waitresses and, 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 and the servers, you know, all these people that aren't spending the money they had been before, how that trickles down to the economy. So when when high level jobs tend to get cut, it's it's something that's happening throughout the entire um, tech industry, that's cause to concern because there really is a trickle down effect. Um, with respect to uh, your, your your comment about FedEx and such, I actually went and pulled up the article, I have it in front of me from November 9th, 
the headline is FedEx Parks Planes Mayersk, and Mayersk is the world's largest owner of ships, uh, seaborne uh, shipping. Uh, FedEx Parks Planes Mayersk cancels sales. That means they cancel um, voyages. Um, world trade appears to be rapidly deteriorating. And if you delve into um, the article, uh, here's a quote from uh, uh, which which company, uh, Maersk. There are plenty of dark clouds on the horizon, the company wrote in its latest earnings report, adding this weighs on consumer purchasing power, which in turn impacts global transportation and logistics demand. So these are companies, FedEx and Maersk, all of the goods and services of all the other companies that are producing run through these companies and companies like them. So if FedEx is parking planes and cutting routes, if Maersk is um, stopping sales or voyages um, because they see a current slowdown and they also see indications that the um, slowdown will accelerate, well, what does that mean? That means the goods and services that they are shipping are not being produced. And what does that mean? That means that all of the factories that are producing all of these goods are slowing down. Well, what does that mean? It means all of the employees of all of these companies are uh, being laid off or, or uh, hours cut. So when you get major shipping companies saying the outlook isn't good, our sales, which is a reflection of every other industry's sales, are down and we projected they're only going to get worse, that's a telltale sign that something is going on. So how should the individual who sees these things could be quite scared by this? You talk a lot about the kind of mentality uh, that you have to have to get through tough times. How should the person who, who's worried about seeing all these things react and thrive instead of it? Well, I think this is where the planning part comes in, right? So it's not something that you're going to um, prepare for in a week. But we talked about gold and silver. We talked about having a portion of your portfolio. Now, people say, how much? People ask me that all the time. I say, I don't know. That's up to you. Uh, should you have three months worth of gold and silver? Should you have six months? Should you have a year of wages just sitting there? That's up to you. I don't know. I know people that uh, purchase for that. Uh, so many months of income, then we're done. I know other people that uh, cost average and they just buy um, commodities, gold and silver on a monthly basis. But so we want to have a backstop. We want to have a pool of resources that we can fall back on should we lose our employment, should our home go down in value 40% and we can't borrow against it. So planning means um, saving, maybe not in the traditional sense of sticking, sticking it in, in the bank, but having assets that one can draw down on on hard times is probably one of the smartest things that you can do. People should really, I, I believe, 
rethink the careers they're in. For example, if you're in a medical career, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, you're probably going to be in high demand even if the economy slows. But if you're a restaurateur, you may not be in high demand, as, as high a demand if the economy slowed down. So you need to have reserves, dry powder as I like to call it. You need to pay attention to uh, where your bread and butter income comes from and, and is that a secure area? And let's say you're not a, uh, you are that restaurateur and you are in a vulnerable um, industry, then what about investing in the uh, less vulnerable industries? One can invest in the healthcare field. One can invest in mining stocks if that's what you want to do. But the point is, you. whenever someone asks me, what should someone do? I don't like to give specifics because it's always individual based, but the principles apply to everyone. And the principles are, number one, you have to think, you have to have a backstop, you have to plan for worst case scenarios, and this is going to be controversial, you cannot believe what you hear on MSNBC. They are not your friends. They are trying to cushion the blow in terms of uh, bad news. Where do they get their advertising dollars from, for example? Um, whatever you hear from the mainstream financial press is typically the best case scenario, not the worst case. If you go through your life planning for best case scenarios, you could get caught with your pants down. So in a downturn, we're talking about for all these different reasons, yes. are there opportunities that come about when things are going down? I mean, 2008, you know, when things really went down or the dot-com crash of 2000, sure. uh, it sounds like we're, we're headed for something like that. What kind of opportunities should people be prepared for if what you're just talking about, in fact, happens? Well, I think that the for, for most people, uh, the biggest opportunity is going to be in the real estate sector. Uh, look, if 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 the environment becomes distressed, every asset class is going to be an opportunity. So, you know, there's an opportunity to pick up distressed businesses at pennies on the dollar, but most people aren't going to be picking up distressed businesses. So I think the thing that most people can wrap their heads around is, is real estate. Look, let's say, let's just make something up on the fly here. What if housing prices do go down 40% in the next year? What if you did have uh, a few dozen ounces of gold set aside that's worth $1,800 today that is worth $2,500 then? We're just making this up. Will you not have an opportunity to exchange an appreciated asset for a depreciated asset? Probably you would. Yeah, Prob probably, prob uh, probably you <laughs> would. Now, here's another thing people need to be aware of. 
all of the different industries out there. I don't know the ins and outs of every one, but what's your industry? Ask yourself that. Whatever industry you're in, what opportunities will present themselves in a downturn in my industry? That's the industry you have your expertise in. That's the industry you have your connections, your network is in. So start thinking about that. What, what better position, who is better positioned than someone already in the XYZ industry to take advantage of a downturn in the XYZ industry? Remember, downturns typically don't weed out all the players. They weed out the weak players. So if you're a strong player and you understand what it takes to be a strong player, you may have an opportunity to, to pick up some weak players and turn them around. And by the way, do you have to do that on your own? No, we talked about syndications. What are syndications again? They're simply pooling funds. It's a group of- what, what did you do since you've lived through this? What did you do in 2008, 2009, when the economy took a major hit, I lost I lost I lost my fanny in 2008 2009 <laughs> because I was not prepared. The reason why I'm uh, on the track I am today, the reason why I don't have a care in the world if the market crashes and I am in the real estate business is because I lived through 2008. I personally experienced foreclosures. I, I personally was over leveraged. I personally didn't know that I need to have a big, well, everyone knows, but everyone thinks uh, good times forever, right? So I didn't have the war chest that I should have. So I suffered greatly. However, uh, not being a dummy, I analyzed my situation um, I came back from it. What I did at that time is I started flipping short sales. I was broke. I was down to a thousand dollars in my pocket and I was doing very well prior to that. I had properties foreclosed. I, I, I crashed. But okay, what's the environment today? Short sales, foreclosures. I got into that niche learned about it, worked it hard, and within a year, I was back. I see. Very good. We have to take another break. We've learned from the past. That's a good thing. Uh, this is uh, Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. Uh, his book is called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. You can find out more about him and his work at wealthloop.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. 
There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is John Michalidis. He is the author of a new book called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals. His website, wealthloop.com. Welcome back to the show, John. Thank you, sir. You have a chapter in what you call the case for investing offshore. Uh, what do you mean by that and why is that attractive uh, in today's market? Well, let me open up. I've got the book in front of me. So I open the chapter with real headlines taken from today's news. Today meaning as I was writing the book over the springtime. So I'll read a couple. 47 arrested, 59 officers injured in Seattle protests that turned violent. Milwaukee unrest continues through second night. One person reported shot. NATO and the West must must heed Russia's warnings to avoid nuclear holocaust. Most Canadian bank accounts frozen under the Emergencies Act. And I could have went on and on and on and on. The point is we and and I know you have an international audience so you probably have a more sophisticated audience than the audiences that are strictly centered in the United States or based in the United States but Americans tend to be very insular in their thinking when it comes to investing um currently I own a property management company uh, right. And I have uh, clients who are from the Netherlands, Germany, Israel, South America, Canada. So it seems that people from around the world understand the importance of diversifying. We're talking about real estate here, diversifying their real estate investments globally because one never knows what's going to happen in any specific locale but for some reasons Americans we have the you know American number one mentality why would I ever invest anywhere else and I believe that's a short-sighted approach I have a phrase that I like to use it's a little crass but not too bad and I say when the you know what hits the fan it's probably wise to have a portion of your portfolio located outside of the splatter zone so all i'm saying is why have a hundred percent of anything in one basket what would be specific markets that you think would be good for people to invest in outside of the u.s today real estate wise well, I'll tell you what I've been looking at, but I'm not going to make a, a recommendation or a suggestion. But over the past year, I took a trip down to Paraguay and I visited a agricultural operation. They have hundreds of acres of citrus 
and they have 60 uh, greenhouses, and I'm talking about football field-sized greenhouses, where they hydroponically grow tomatoes and peppers and cucumbers. So before, what I say, if times go hard, what things might one want to invest in? Food, agriculture, right? So this is a combination of that type of thinking with uh, offshore diversification. So I went and visited the operations down there. By the way, you can invest in that operation because they use a syndication model. They take on limited partners. So there's one thing I've looked at over the past year, an agricultural operation in Paraguay. I've looked at similar things for hardwood investments in Panama. Um, where else have I been in the last year? I've been down to Belize and I've looked at resort properties, um, internationally branded hotel operations. And most people I mean, in the book, I use the example of a Marriott. I'm not invested in Marriott. That's why I used it. Um, just as an example, you see a Marriott sign and you think, you know, Marriott owns that hotel. No, typically what happens is a group of real estate investors come together as a syndication, so you'll have a general partnership team with experience in the hotel business that locates a property or or or, or a potential development. They they put together the plan, they do the due diligence, they solicit that plan to the world, they take on limited partnership investors, they build or purchase an existing that hotel property. And then they hire, or they license rather, the rights to the Hilton operating system, the rights to the Marriott operating system. And there you go. Well, you can, who knew that you could, for let's say a $100,000 investment, own a piece of the Marriott um, Hotel, a Marriott Hotel Resort in the Caribbean. So th those kind of deals. You also have a chapter on asset protection, and you talked about all these things that may be happening that are negative in the world. What are some quick things we can do to protect our assets against these coming calamities you've been talking about? Well, one good thing to do is if you can, like real estate, there's no reason to have, except maybe your personal home, right? But I'm talking about investments. There's no reason to have real estate in your name. There's absolutely no reason whatsoever to have real estate in your name. All it does is put the liability onto you. If you own a business, there's absolutely no reason to have that business in your own name uh, form. And this is more of, of a tax issue, which you talk to your CPA about whether you want to do it as a C Corp, an S Corp or an LLC. The point is you should have your business in an entity. So if someone slips and falls, they're not going to sue you personally. They can sue the business. Oh, and you might want to layer your asset protection. So you own a flower shop 
and you own the building that the flower shop is in. You could have one LLC that owns the building and the operating business. Someone breaks their leg and falls in the flower shop. Now they sue the building and the business, right? It's one entity. Why not bifurcate it? Why not have an LLC <coughs> that owns your building, have an LLC that owns your business, and have your business LLC rent the space for, from yourself, right? From your building LLC. And now when someone breaks their leg, that building is completely insulated from any lawsuit. And now the income stream from your business could be attached. So there's layering through entities. Yeah. There's also there's also insurance, right? You need to have insurance. And there's all different kinds of insurances depending on what particular field uh, that you were in. So entity structuring, anonymity, not putting it in your own name, insurance, these are all parts of asset protection planning. And not telling everybody what you own. That's nobody's business but yourself. If they don't know what you own, they can't take it away from you. We have roughly two minutes to go. Why don't you kind of summarize uh, how people should be preparing for what you see coming? You talked about all kinds of negative things. Just we have about two minutes left. Kind of summarize the steps people should be taking now to prepare for what you see coming that we've discussed. The first thing you should do is prepare your mind. All right. You need to decide what you want to do in terms of protecting your. Look, it's shameless pitch, but get the book. It's a menu, it's a taste. I'm not going to teach you to be an expert in anything, but I'm gonna show you the complete menu of the things you should be thinking about. I have a very extensive bibliography with, I don't know exactly, but 30, 30 plus books and websites if you wanna deep dive in any particular area. So the first thing you need to be doing is opening up your mind to the things you need to be thinking about and the knowledge that you need to be accumulating, then you need to start hanging out with people that already know the things that you need to know and want to know. If you're interested in multi interested in multifamily properties, go to a multifamily investment conference one weekend. Easy enough, right? If you're interested in more general investing, um, go to the New Orleans investment conference that happens every October where you'll hear speakers on the general macro economy. You'll hear speakers about um, crypto. You'll hear speakers about oil and gas. You'll. My point is the number one thing to prepare is to get your mind right, to know what you don't know and to start accumulating knowledge and contacts. Very good. Very good. Well, we appreciate it very much. My guest this hour has been John Michalidis. His new book is called Strategic Planning and Investing for Individuals, Asset Protection, Diversification, and Passive Investing for Cash Flow and Lifestyle Liberation. You can find out more at his website, wealthloop.com. Thanks so much. We learned a lot on the show. Thank you again, John. Very welcome, sir. My pleasure. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.